Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Fright Talk, right here on Everyday Folks Radio. I'm Billy B.J. Jones, and I'm here with my brother from another brother, also known as... Nadine Tess. And we're the Fright Talk guys. And we're so excited to be back in the studio with you with another exciting topic and conversation. If at any time you'd like to chat with us during this live podcast, you can call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. And if you prefer to inbox us or, or comment via our social media with your questions or comments, you have a few options. FrightTalkGuys at gmail.com. You have N-Tabs, N-T-A-B-S-D-H. Get it right, please. And, of course, the Fright Talk Guys, all on Instagram. And you can shoot me emails, too, at EverydayFolksListen at gmail.com. So you have a, a myriad of options here. And we just want to say thank you for your continued loyalty and continued support. We're getting, we increased, even with the, the brief time away, we increased our listenership by almost 1K in a matter of four months. So thank you so much for all the love you're giving us here. Friday Talk is integral to that entire growth. We couldn't have done it without you. Nadine? Yes, and it's good to be back, Billy. It's good to be back. Um, so... You know, Billy, I don't know the number. I don't know what number this episode is. I really don't. I know it's I know it's well over 24 hours. It might even be more than 30 hours. Yeah. Um, of of shows that we have, and we always love. You know, because even when we're not, uh, when we don't have a show, we still hear people that reach out. People are discovering our show for the first time. They reach out to us with. Uh, questions or their scary stories and things like that. And we so appreciate the love and and all the messages that, that come along through and and we, we're just happy to be here. And folks, we appreciate all the comments you've been giving us on social media about tonight's topic, which is titled Evil Mothers in Films and Books. Many people love their mothers. However, some mothers aren't meant to be loved. In fact, some books and films have reimagined the role of mother by presenting her in some of the most psychotic, unusual, and evil forms. Mother becomes the character we love to hate. And mm-hmm. so, Dean, when we first posted this online, we always asked our audience to engage with us. And the one question that came up was, who is your favorite evil mother in films and books? And immediately, everyone goes to this one character. Let's see if you could get it. Who was that one character from, regardless of film or book, it could be any category, but there's one pop culture character that everyone, at least from generations, you know, certain age group, <laughs> may appreciate. <laughs> Who do you think that is? Um, I would think Psycho. Ah, Norman Bates, 
Psycho? See, That's what I would yeah, think. See, I went with Psycho as well because, or, or, or Jason Voorhees' mom. Even right. though she had a lesser role, she was crazy, right? But everyone went with Faye Dunaway and Mommy Dearest and her depiction of, of Joan Crawford. It went crazy yeah. on social media. In fact, Mar- Mario, ML- Mario Vasquez commented, Mommy Dearest, and then he posted the cover of the book on there, <laughs> the movie on there. And then another came in was from Professor Santi Esteban, no more wire hangers ever. Yeah. This is the famous line. And your Donka Griffin says, in the comment chat too, was, we, um, we, no more wire hangers. That scene still gives me the chills. Joan Crawford was awesome in that role. Although, actually, with Joan Crawford being portrayed, it was Faye Dunaway who was portraying it, one of the right. most iconic figures. So the idea of an evil mother, I think that's scary in itself for various reasons. One, mothers are meant to be, you know, are considered by societal standards, nurturing, loving, supportive, fight, protective of their kin, all these good, wholesome things. But when horror films and horror books decide to remix that, it makes us appreciate her a little bit more. In fact, due to the mother being evil, we've gotten some pretty um, iconic figures that have emanated in film over the span of 50 plus years, at least film here in America. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you mentioned that because when we posted this to our Instagram, uh, Lee Estevez post Joan Crawford, so I don't know if she meant the actual job, but the, probably the portrayal. And, yeah, and it, it goes to what you said, Billy. And let's specifically get to the part of the – let's get to the part of the, the protective, right? So mm-hmm. the mothers are supposed to be protective. So when you have – in, in films or movies or books even, when you have that switch of this is the person – this is the one person on earth who's supposed to protect you before anybody else and that person doesn't have your back, there's something just purely evil about that. Now, Billy, in in all the films that you've seen, who do you think, who do you think would be the most evil mother or grandmother in the films that you have seen, or the books? I'm going to go out on a limb and do something different here, film-wise. I'm, and it's not horror, actually. Have you seen the movie Precious? Um, yes. Which, yes. which starred, it had, Monique was in it. Um, I forgot the actress who played uh, Precious. So she has a unique name. Love her. But the book, the movie was actually based on the book titled Push by Sapphire. And the way Monique portrayed in the, the abuse, the physical and psychological yes. and emotional abuse she placed on her daughter that was unbelievably strange. And I thought, even though it was drama, storyline would crosswalk very nicely to horror with a few other tweaks, you know, in right. terms of beyond the abuse, beyond those aspects, but there's the psychological um, impact, the implications of that mother's, um, you know, her behavior on that kid that would make for a great horror film of some sort, even if it went to slasher or even better yet, psycho- psychological. So for me, I would say the movie Precious. How about you? Um, first of all, I agree with you that it was it's horrific, right? So, so the portrayal in that movie is just that's pretty evil. For me, I'm gonna go a little bit more classic. I'm gonna go with the flowers in the attic, the grandmother. Oh. The, the the mother was 
evil too. But the grandmother was pure evil. Remember, she starts poisoning the grandchildren. Oh, spoiler alert! Yep. If you've seen it, by the way, she starts poisoning the grandchildren, so on and so forth. So for me, I mean, when I think of an evil mother or grandmother, I definitely my my brain definitely goes to flowers in the attic. Mm, that's a great example. I, yeah, I'll throw in another one. Do you, you know the movie The Witch? Yes. One of our favorite movies. We've talked yes. about it on several episodes or alluded to it in several episodes over the, over the past two years. And in The Witch, that mother, when she loses her kid, you know, the way that she takes it out, the treatment on that living kid, like she, the baby was taken or, or, or disappears. The daughter right. who remains gets the blunt of the, the drama. It was almost yeah. like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> it, 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 was she the most evil? No, but... I guess if one goes through such psychological um, challenges or at least uh, circumstances, a traumatic circumstance, that would lead me to do the unthinkable, I assume. But I thought that was very unique. And I will throw in another one. Uh, when I think of Carrie, mm-hmm. I think of the mother and Carrie. I didn't really – I watched the movie only twice. And I love the storyline, but I felt like that mother really reinforced – it's almost like she – she really reinforced Carrie's anger. Like it, it, Carrie was already mis, misunderstood in her cult, in her her high school, in her community. Mom, being the crazy woman she was, didn't help it much. And so it was a very almost sad. By the time that movie ended, I was almost I felt sad for sorry for Carrie, even though she had already right. annihilated all these people. So it was a right. very interesting twist. Thank you, Stephen King, for that. But a very interesting twist on the idea of mom and mom not just being stably well. And do you believe that it made it, the fact that the mother was so religious made it oh. even more evil? Yes. In fact, I, did, I forgot about that. The mom was, oh, yes, she was, like, sacrilegious. Like was. Oh, she was extreme, which right. reinforced it further, almost as if it made it seem in another parallel aspect that Carrie perhaps was possessed herself. Like, mm. instead of having this power, the fact that she was cursed with this ability that she could well control, and her mother hated that and was trying to expel it from her through religion. What a, the more I think about it now, the more I marvel at the, the storyline itself. It makes sense. It's different. Right. Right. And, and it's funny because I'm mentioning the religion portion of that movie, and I'm thinking of another movie where they portray the mother to be very religious, but her and the husband are just mm-hmm. awful people and um, the people under the stairs. I love that movie. Yeah. So I, I definitely, and, and you know, since we're talking about evil mothers and we're, you know, uh, folks, we always like exploring topics that other shows don't explore, right? The evil mm-hmm. mothers. And so when we're talking about it, we know that you don't expect to see an evil mother in every movie or anything like that. But when you do see it, you're like, damn, that's rough. Right. And so I think that people wouldn't be as uh, shocked if it was an evil father. I think people are specifically Mm -hmm. more shocked because it's the nurturing nature of mothers. And when a, a mother is supposed to nurture and they turn around and they're evil, it's like, Oh damn, they're evil. We didn't see that coming. If you think about that from a horror perspective, and we look at the nature of mother as it ro- as it relates to the animal kingdom, there are some animals that are abandoned by their mothers, actually. And yeah. even though in nature we expect nature to do what it is because it is it is what it is, 
But if if we were to just take a look, and I'm not even going to name an example, but I can't because I can't think of one off the top of my head. But I'm only saying that because I think as we look at the new understanding and the new ways in which moms are portrayed in horror films today, maybe we can look at nature now and see how mothers are portrayed there and use that as a backdrop in order to help reinforce some of the dimensions, the new dimensions of evil motherhood and where it could go. You know, for example, I know that in my, when I was in high school, I read this book, The Great Expectation by Charles Dickens. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I read it in ninth grade. <laughs> I read it in ninth grade English. I didn't get it. But then, I, I shouldn't say I, I hated it then. So I'm not referring to my like of it now. Well, as I reflect upon it now, you had a mother, like a stepmom in that story, who actually was teaching her daughter how to break hearts. It was so yeah. strange. And, and I'm in ninth grade. I didn't see that then. But now I do. And so I, I find that interesting. I'll go one more for you, Nadine. Shakespeare. So if I had to look at Shakespeare and all the female characters in Shakespeare, they're always, you know, they're, they're main, but yet more stock figure like and then major. And I use some of the iconic characters of Shakespeare in terms of just the, um, her mistreatment in some weird way, which makes her evil because she wants the power is Hamlet, Lady Hamlet. You know, you know, the, the son kills the, fa- the, the father to marry the mom. Like <laughs> some extreme, and it, again, it was only so that they could keep it in the family. There was all this. She went along with that. That's crazy. Right. That is right. absolutely crazy, and it makes for great, great, you know, theatrics. So, just thought I was sharing. It does, and you know, I um, I was thinking of the different movies, and I was thinking of the different books when when this topic came up, and I said, you know, there's probably a lot more. Evil mothers, because is evil relative in reference to definition? Well, degree, yes, because some people may think something is evil, or other people think other people think it's not. And then you have that. There's obviously like a line where you're like, okay, that's just pure evil. And so thinking of those different movies, I think that if we were to think of the different movies or in pop culture, and you think of uh, mothers or even grandmothers, because grandmothers are also mothers, you you think about that and it kind of, it, it does hit a note of, man, that's, that's a good placement in horror films. It's a good placement to have uh, an evil mother. And I don't feel like it's something that's overused quite often. I know it's mm. appeared in quite a few uh, films and shows even, but I don't think, I don't feel like it's played out. Mm, it won't. In fact, I think as new generations, we've said this before in other shows, as new generations redefine or reimagine what horror looks like, I think we're going to start seeing what mother, mother's roles will change too. Here's an example of that. If we look at society today and the number of young, young adults, let's say between ages and 18 and 30, who are unmarried or which, without children, women in particular. So the idea of being a mother has changed. Mm-hmm. People aren't having children early. They're marrying later, or maybe they're not marrying at all. In fact, to be a woman does not mean a child has to define you. So I'm only right. now imagining as we look at the ways in which evil mothers can be portrayed today. I mean, that's the reality we're living now. We had done this 30 years ago. People would think that the way women are living today are evil in that regard. They're portraying yeah. an, an evil depiction of mom, but, but that's just the reality they are. I'd love to see that somehow, that merge, the merging of those two realities into one somehow. 
to really make for a meaningful um, storyline. An example is a historical um, horror. Historical horror could be a great place for maybe bringing in some historical figure or iconic female figure who was a mom, of course, and giving her, or even a metaphorical mother, right? Bringing her into the story and making her storyline even more, um, you know, appealing. So just some interesting things out there. Yeah, certainly. And, and I, um, I think that you could have an evil, you could have any evil family member in a horror film. Yeah. It's just a little bit more shock and awe factor if you go directly for having the evil mother. And in some cases, the mother doesn't have to be evil, right, Billy? She just has to be crazy. And then when she's <laughs> crazy enough, you're like, oh hell, this is a crazy mother. She might as well be evil, you know? I mean, because there's a fine line, right? And so. <laughs> The mother is crazy. Look, the Carrie is a great example. The mom was like this uber uh, religious, but like like an extremist religious, right, type of person. And you're like, okay, she's not evil, but she's crazy, right? And and just enough where you, you feel no sympathy for that character. That is true. And that then, is that's so the true. Line. That's the mm. line. The moment you no longer feel sympathy for that character, you're like, okay, the hell with this. Whatever happens to you, happens to you. Maybe you have it coming. Then you know that, that they did a good job at portraying uh, that mother as being evil. We also know wicked stepmother, evil stepmother. This is oh, this is something that has been used throughout literature when we talk about evil. And then, of course, in movies, the evil stepmom. You know, the evil stepmom comes in. She treats the – she's all nice until she marries, and then she treats the step. Uh, daughter or son like crap and so we know that that's a portion of it as well but there gets to a point in all these storylines there gets to a point where it's like okay you went from being tolerable to crazy to now you're just straight up evil and I'm actually rooting for the evil spirit and that is where you know the anti-hero is definitely a place thematically that many of our action movies are playing in. But now I begin to see our horror movies. I mean, they've always played there as well. I mean, we love for a slasher. I mean, no one cares who gets killed. We just want to see what the killer is going to do. But yet yeah. the killer has an absolute minimal voice other than their, you know, its actions. And I call it an yeah. it because in this regard, it could be an entity of some sort. Minus Freddie, of course, who has a lot to say. So, so folks, you're listening live to our show. We welcome your comments. We have some stuff coming in, and we're not going to disappoint by getting to your feedback. But in case you'd like to drop us in a few other questions or comments before we get heavily into our, our show, 347-539-5372 is our number. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And you can inbox us at every, on email, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or farttallguys at gmail.com and continue to see your comments. I'm going to shoot it over to Nadim on his social media for Fright Talk Guys for our, 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 our collab set, um, space there and as well as on his on N-T-A-B-S-C-H. Thank you all. So, you know, Nadim, let's jump on in. We got a number of good questions here and they're solid. So I'll, I'll start with this. Chad said, I love Faye Dunaway and Mommy Dearest. Did mm-hmm. you watch the film? And if so, did you like it? Watch the film. Loved the film. Um, Let me tell you what I loved about that film. It wasn't a horror movie, really. (laughs) And you didn't feel like you were watching a movie. You felt like you were in the living room watching these people's lives. And that's when you know, that's when you know that the film did such a great job. 
So I yes, I saw it. I thought it was amazing. Um, felt zero sympathy for Joan Crawford, obviously. I mean, even a little though. I, there, there was a shred of a moment where I'm like, wow, she's really unraveling, you know. And then there's a, a, a fleeting moment of pity. But yeah, I, I watched it. I absolutely loved it. It's a classic. How can you not like that? Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was it, it's fantastic. And I think even if you are not somebody who is prone to horror, I don't think you have to be to watch Mommy Dearest and then appreciate it. To this day, you know, people will use that as a reference, as a joke, the, oh, mm-hmm, Mommy mm-hmm. In, in reference to people. And, um, you know, I, I think of that, even though it's a much older film, a younger generation can still appreciate it. What was your take on the film, Billy? Oh, I agree. I loved it. I loved this the significant um, magnified moments of evil. For example, when when Joan Crawford in the show, in the movie, her daughter, I think her name is Christiane or Caroline, I think was her name. I forgot her name, but she she didn't want to eat that that steak that night for dinner. So her mother every night told her to have dinner in her room and would send that same steak. For her to eat right. and we'll keep sending it and keep sending it and i remember my mom telling me when i first watched as a kid you see that's why you should eat whatever's in front of you that animal died for you you better eat it and she would say that to reinforce but then i'm thinking you know now i see kids today tell me oh i can have whatever what do you want for dinner i wasn't given choices i had to eat what yeah. was in front of me and so i thought it was very interesting how in a way it played off of that idea you didn't buy this food so you need to eat what's in front of you but at some point where is too much too much so I thought it was little subtle moments like that that were just great. And, you know, she loved her kids in her own, especially her daughter. She was evil to the daughter more than the son. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Chad, thank you. That was a great question. It was. It was. Let's go on. Hey, our buddy Max. I'm sure he missed us, Billy. <laughs> Max says, do you think the qualities of an evil mother have changed over time? Very good question. They have Max. And, and in case example is what is what I mentioned earlier, the fact that people are mother the what it means to be a mom has been defined. Not only people having children older, you have same sex couples that are having two moms, you know, or or two dads in that case. But in this case, two moms could be raising a child. Um, people who become you know you can have a metaphorical mom. You know, you don't have to have a biological one, especially when you're adopting or you take in a relative's child. These are more common realities. And, and, and I think that as a result, even at work, I even heard someone say at work the other day, oh, but that's my work mom. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. So this is different. I hear right. a work husband and work wife, but now I get work right, mother right. too. And so I think that's super cool. So as society begins to redefine and reimagine what that role is, and mothers are working more now. I mean, they've been working more before, but they're working now and running households just like they did before, getting more degrees than her male counterpart have more than ever before in America, is just making the role more appealing and intriguing. All of those new things have yet to surface in horror just yet. we got to bring all that in. I think that's when we hit, get to really bring the realism of this to, to, the, to the audiences who need it. Right. Right. And, and you know... So I agree with you. I think the qualities of an evil mother has changed. I'm going to say this. I don't think they're portrayed as as sinister as they were 20 years ago. I think think there was a time where the evil mother bit was portrayed more sinister. And why that's changed, I don't want to say like soft or evil, 
but it kind of feels that way, right? Because as times have changed, um, and as the qualities of an evil mother changes, what is it that makes someone or a character qualify as an evil mother? I mean, we would know this in, in real life, right? So in, in actuality, away from the movies, uh, we anybody can tell you what a, a bad mother is or an evil mother even. But in film and in books, the the sinister portion of that, I feel, was 20 years ago. Now you could have an evil mother and she doesn't come off as pure evil. As, as a matter of fact, I can't think of... Um, a film that I've seen maybe in the last five years where I would see a, a mother being portrayed as an evil mother where she comes off as just straight up sinister. And, um, but there's the realism aspect. I'm going to give you an example. The show Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The show Moon Knight, it's not a horror show, obviously. It's on Disney+. Plus and it's, you know, follows the, the, the comic book character. However, and folks, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. However, in that film, it ventures into um, Mark Spector's mother. And her, his mother was kind of evil. Uh, you know, loses a child, takes it out on him. Right. And then right. it's that level of just being abusive and mentally tortured. And that, that, is, that is evil. I saw that. I was like, man, she was evil. She was also an alcoholic. Right. Right? So that's also a portion of it as well. I think the qualities of an evil mother has changed only because I feel there was a more sinister uh, aspect to it. And now it's more of what realisms in life can we add to this character that we know people will immediately be able to identify it as evil and maybe not supernatural. Mm, you no, know, Dave, you just gave me a thought and Max's question triggered this. Think of the things in reality that we would automatically deem us an evil mother. A mother leaves her child in a locked car in South Florida. In right. Sweltering heat in the summer, intentional. Right. If it's a mistake, it's one thing. But even when it's a mistake, people in society, it was an accident. People look down on her like, how could you? What mother would leave their child unattended, right? right? Or right. even a pet, because they're pet moms too. So if you leave your pet in the sweltering heat, you know, like, and, right. and even even though people say, oh, it's just an accident, but didn't you know if you wouldn't do that to yourself, why would you do that to another living thing that can't defend itself? And so as a result, those aspects of realism are the, the nuggets that I think if we could sprinkle some of that. Maybe we don't need the graphic illustration of the entire episode, but if we could allude to it in just a bit in some of the horror story lines, I think that will, it's going exactly where Nadine is saying. Those are the realism spaces that we could play in. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you for your question, Max. Alrighty. We got, a, we got more coming. I'll go to Simpson. Simpson says, I love the movie Carrie. Nadine, that mother was crazy, as we said. What was up with her? (laughs) What was up with her is that she was religious crazy, which is a whole other type of crazy, right? (laughs) Because you could be crazy like you're going to fight over a coupon, and you could be crazy like you talk to yourself. (laughs) But then there's that crazy where you're just that religious crazy. That's a whole other level of crazy. And they did a great job in that film uh, portraying her. It it was just an extreme. There were... They were moving the character of Carrie towards the darkness, and they were trying to have you sympathize with the daughter. Even though the daughter was being moved towards darkness, they wanted you to sympathize with the daughter because they didn't make the mother 
super appealing and warm and, you know, no, they made the mother this, you know, crazy, um, extreme, I'm going to punish you type of, um, wait, that's the one where she, they put her under the stairs as well, right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you have that. So you're like, wait a minute. I, I get that the girl's going to the dark side, but crap, look at the mother. Like, of course, you, you have this, they want you to sympathize with the Carrie character. So mm-hmm. I think in that sense, they did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that question. It was a really good question. All, All right. right. Here we got, ah, got one from Rhonda. Rhonda asks, evil stepmothers plague children's literature. Do you think this is the reason some people don't like their stepmoms? Hmm. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, folks, you know, and this is my, my children's author friends know this best. You know, even though fantasy or, you know, fantasy and fairy tales, you know, they are just those, but they are based in elements of reality. And in this particular time in which this story was written, Cinderella, which has actually been retold in the American version. There are other historic um, versions of Cinderella that emanate from Europe and other communities as well. But I'm going to use the one that is most common to America. And this story in itself just reinforced the idea of stepmothers, that, you know, mothers, you know, dying prematurely, leaving the husband to raise the kids, and the husband immediately would remarry a, a woman to help take in. That wasn't the case of Cinderella's mom because she had stepsisters that came with the stepmom. But when money is involved, yes, it was very popular pre and post Victorian for these kind of behaviors to occur and people to look down on these stepmothers because these mothers were like, if I, these are not my children, so why should I love them in any kind of way, especially if I have my own? And so, or the kids in some cases didn't like them because, well, for various circumstances. I feel that this storyline itself reinforces a lot of children's lit sometimes reinforces the idea of mother and identity of mother, not dissonant mothers, but identity in general, which is why the landscape is t- changing in children's lit about it. Yeah, I, I, I know that they do portray in children's literature a lot the evil stepmom. I want to say this, though. In real time, you know, the, the job of a step parent is not easy. Yeah. You, are, you are stepping in. Uh, hence the term, you're stepping in, uh, and in many of these cases, they are nurturing and caring and taking care of these children because it, eventually they do become their own, right? So I know that the job of the step-parent is not easy. Is every step-parent great? No, of course not. Does the stepmothers and children's literature add to some sort of apprehension moving forward about step-parents? I think so. I mm-hmm. think so, mm-hmm. along with you know, you always have that, uh, you know, in in popular culture, you think, okay, here's the step-parent, they come in, they're kind of in that, like, awkward position, mm-hmm. how they're going to be received by the kids, so on and so forth. So is it possible that children's literature has kind of embedded that into people's heads? Yes, of course. When we think of stepmother, almost immediately the term evil stepmother can come to mind. Evil. And I, in fact, yes. Yeah. And I think that is because of children's literature. Well, Rhonda, fantastic question, and we agree it's with you. Great question. Made me think and kind of brought chills and wants me to, makes me want to pull out my Grimm's fairy tale set. The Dean has one too. <laughs> <laughs> to go take a look at other little P 
pieces and little nuggets of things we can see there. And folks, by the way, we're half an hour into the show. The number is 347-539-5372. But we see that you want to continue to send us love through the social media and stuff like that. So thank you for I have my social media open here to Dean. You're getting a shout out here from a Su- Susan Dean, whoever Susan Dean is. And saying, hello, great show, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Nadim. Hi, Nadim Tabs. And we want you to continue to send those comments at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frighttalkguys at gmail.com or to Nadim at frighttalkguys on Instagram or in Tabs on Instagram. So, Nadim, I got one for you now. Taco okay. 12. Talk. Check that name, Taco 12. Love that name. Now I want a taco. I had taco yesterday. All right. Taco Question 12. is, can Taco 12 eat 12 tacos? Oh. <laughs> which is, the, the comment and question is this. It says, witches are often the character for evil mothers. This gives witches a bad name. Should evil mothers and witches be separated as entities? So, Taco, let me, let me say this. And anybody, Billy knows this, and anybody who's listened to any of our past shows knows this. I love witches. I'm not talking yeah. about just witches and, like, character. No, 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 no. I'm talking about I love witches. The witches are phenomenal. Any witch that I've ever met is a phenomenal individual. And so, and I always say that witches in literature and movies always get a bad rap. Do I think it gives them, uh, like, if there's a kind of like a fuzziness in between if it's a witch or an evil mother, I absolutely agree with Taco 12 that they should be separated. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, let me say I have a higher tolerance for witches than I do for stepmothers, just in mm-hmm. general, right? And so, yeah, I absolutely think that they should be separate. I mean, just because they're a witch does not mean that they're a mother, right? Right. And so, right. And so I, yeah, I, I agree with Taco 12. I, I don't like anything that gives witches a bad name. Uh, because I think witches are just they're they're phenomenal and throughout history if you read the I mean you know I, I come with the historical perspective witches are phenomenal and anybody mm-hmm. I've ever met that's a Wiccan and or anything like that they've always been great people and then I find myself in a lot of literature and movies when you know they try to bring in a witch I'm kind of like eh, I'll root for the witch. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so I agree with you, Taco 12. Billy, what do you think? I, I'll only just say that I think that when you've come, if you're going to combine them, you run the risk of becoming cliche. And so if you're going to do it, you got to make sure that the combination works to reinforce something greater than what's stereotypical. And yeah. so I, I think that there's enough ways to make mothers evil without the use of witchcraft or the witchery of it. You know, there's keeping them separate, I think is ideal. And, you know, I, I, when I think of movies and things, we did a witch episode almost two years ago. And we think about the witches that we've talked about. It's nice that we've seen like, you know, we've seen these other like Broadway shows and, and the like that are really reimagining the witch as well. So yeah, Taco 12, I think it's a good question. And I think that they're better separate for now until we find purpose that takes the identity or the role to a greater place. Billy, I have a question for you from Donna. Okay. She writes, great show topic. What is the evilest mother figure you've seen or read in a book or film? Hmm. The only one that comes to mind for me, well, you know, it's evilest, evilest, psycho. We talked about that earlier. 
I thought that the mother in Psycho, Norman Bates' mother, and I even whether it be old or new, I like the new too. I'll, I'll add the new one in there as well. I, I'm fine with it. I think she was horrific. I would also say, can I just say this though? Here's one out on the limb for you, Nadine. Edward Gaines' mother, according uh-huh. to him uh-huh. and his in the biographies written, it is a belief that she's the reason he became who he was. So. Yeah, I, I mean, mm. even though she wasn't the the focus of the books, but she's the catalyst to his create his craziness. So maybe right. she is the ev- the most evil because she's also the one that's not graphically the most um, polarized as far as the the things that took place. So she 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 mistreated her son, not the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, the evilness. I, you know, I, I'm going to go back to. Um, I'm going to go back to the people, uh, not the people on the stairs. Uh, I'm going to go back to the flowers in the attic. That grandma and the flowers in the attic was just on another level. And she was relentless. She was callous. (laughs) And she wanted to pick off the grandchildren one by one and slowly. And there's a matter of fact, in the book and in the film, films, because there's more than one, uh, there's this one scene where the kids are still alive, but they see the groundskeeper digging the holes for all of them. That the my grandmother already had a plan for what was going to happen to all of them. And so that just tells you that's a whole other, because that's planning. That's a whole other level of evil, right? And so I, for me, I think I'd have to stick with the evilest character. I'm going to go with the grandmother in Flowers of the Attic. I don't remember mm. her, her name right now, her first name. Hmm. Very good question. Very good question. I got one for you, Nadim. Richard wants to know what qualities make an evil mother. Hmm. Well, I think whenever we get the unexpected, the, the the qualities that you were talking about at the beginning of the show, Billy, the nurturing, the caring, the protective. I think that when you have a character, or you have a movie, or a show, or a book, or a comic book. And it goes against the grain in what the expectation is for an evil for a mother. So, what are the qualities of an evil mother? Well, somebody who abandons their children, goes out mm-hmm. of their way not to protect their children, or even goes out of their way to harm their children. Uh, somebody who, perhaps, when gets down to nitty gritty, they don't have their child's back. Right, so I think, in in reference to evil, I think it just needs to go against the grain of what we expect a good mother to be, and if it goes against that grain of what we expect a good mother to be, it doesn't take long before we associate bad with evil. What do you so think about those qualities, Billy? I, I, I thought those, I thought you were you, you your your recommendations were great. In fact, here let me post this to you. So here's a story: Mom kills, steals, and murders. You know, um, vigilante, you know, evil people, bad guys in society in order to help save and feed her family. So is she evil for helping society a bit or and I'll take it out maybe because, you know, because she's she's killing people. Right. She's taking out she's helping society rid itself of some problem or in order to help take care of her family. Will that make her evil or 
does it make her evil if I take away the fact that these were, you know, you know, culprits of society and she was just randomly killing people and taking her stuff to feed her family? Which which of the two scenarios makes her more evil? And I think that it, it, she, the, the, the intentions were still the same, but the victims were different. Right. And, and in the scenarios you posed, to me, she's, she's doing, she's killing people, mm-hmm. but, okay, so she's killing people, but mm-hmm. she's killing people that are bad people. And I'm not saying it's okay. I'm, I'm not condoning that. Right. Right. Like, you know, if I had a time machine and we went back in history, would we be okay killing Hitler? Yeah, we would. We'd still be killing, but we'd be killing Hitler, and we know he's an awful person. So, you know, I, 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 I agree with you that it could be the, the scenario does make does give importance to whether or not what the qualities are for somebody who's evil. Because in that same scenario you're posing, she's also being protective of her children, caring for her family. She's just going about it the wrong way, but the qualities are still there. <laughs> it's a good question. It's very good. And the, this, the more we talk about this, Adim, are you having this moment like I am, which is the more you start thinking about it, it's like, oh, my gosh. I'm looking at all these examples of evil mother. I don't even want to, like, pry into my own backyard. <laughs> right, because right. It's, it's like, it just because it makes you appreciate what you've had. It also makes yes. you appreciate probably those moments. Mom, sorry if you're listening. You also look, listen to those moments where you're like, okay, wait a minute. There was a moment when she got a little flippant here or a little different here. <laughs> and it may have just allowed her to be in this category with these other heathens. So I don't know. It's just very interesting because I, I mean, it's also the topic because it's evil mothers. Our moms aren't evil. So I don't think of right. our moms as such. So it's fascinating to see it through other lenses or points of view. It's just different. It's very different. I agree. We have a question from Hilda. Okay. Hilda says, Sophia and the Golden Girls, oh boy, I don't know where you're going with this, Hilda. <laughs> Sophia and the Golden Girls is a bad mother for not loving her son Phil because he was different. That's right. Phil used to want to dress as a woman in the show. But I still love the show. So the question is, not if we think Estelle Getty was evil. The question is, do you like the Golden Girls? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which I, I love like the, the Golden Girls, Hilda. But Hilda, you missed the point here. We want to go back to what you're going to ask. What Nadine just said, we were hoping for that. You were hoping if you were going to ask if Sophia was evil. But, Sophia's evil. Let's take that. Yes, we do. I like it. I'm sure Nadine would agree, too. Um, but Sophia was, yeah, does that make her an evil mom for not wanting to love Phil, except Phil? <laughs> You would always say that. Oh, I love all my kids except Phil. Hmm. Well, you know, okay, so first of all, Hilda, I do enjoy the show The Golden Girls, and you're going to know that I enjoy it by the reference I'm about to make. There was an episode where I believe Phil dies. Yes. And Sophia confronts Phil's wife because Phil liked to dress like a woman, but he was married. And it was almost like she took out her anger on why the wife didn't stop him from dressing as a woman. And so was she evil? No. In the show, you know, she comes from an older generation, and that's not excusable. I'm just saying that in that show, she comes from an older generation. Sicily, what was it? Sicily, 19-whatever it was, right? And so I don't think it makes her evil. I think it makes her perhaps ignorant to the situation, but not 
definitely not evil. I mean, it's Estelle Getty. How evil can she be? <laughs> five, Getty like, was... barely five feet, right? <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, she was great. <laughs> so, Terrence wants to know, will a mother, will a mother really kill for her cubs? I hear people say I'd kill for, that, that, that they'd kill for their kids, but would they actually do it? Would they do it really? Terrence, here's the question. Why the hell would you want to find out? Just take it as a yes. <laughs> yes, I, I assume many mothers would kill for their children. And I assume the same way a mama bear will kill for her cubs? Yeah. Um, yes, I, I obviously think it's dependent on the person and dependent on the situation, but would they really kill for their child to protect the life of their child? I would think that most mothers would. I've, I mean, I'm saying most mothers. I don't have any type of, like, the resource to back that up, but I, I would hope that most mothers would. If it was to protect the life of their child, absolutely. Billy, what do you think? I do. I think there's a defense, the idea of it, the defenseless not being able to defend itself. And I think when it comes to children, especially, you know, rightful-minded mothers do such a thing. You know, and I, well, then, there, but, you know, I know the show is not about mom, fathers, but, I mean, we look at shows or movies that have played off the idea of, of justice, you know, an eye for an eye or revenge on the man, you know, the, the, the child that was wronged by another man or human, the father gets, you know, vigilante justice, right? So we're, it's, it's interesting when we see it there, it's almost like, yeah, the dad's going to kick some butt. But when the mom does it, it's just interesting. It's like it's expected there, but the dad is cheered on, but the mom you're expected to. So I think it's very yeah. real, a mother who loves her children will do what she can for them. Yeah. yeah. It's a good point so, and a great question. I have a question here question. from Tina. Tina says, I didn't like the movie The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Okay. <laughs> that crazy lady wanted to move in on the space of the existing mom. That's creep. Agree? Yes. I, I had a thing. Okay, so Nadine, I don't know if you've seen it. Is this the movie where they – this lady with the blonde hair – she yes. comes in to know, help the family, like a nanny, I guess. Or something like a nanny. Yeah, like yeah. a babysitter or something. Yeah, so, yeah. The movie was okay. It, it wasn't horror. It was more like, I don't know. Really? It wasn't, I can understand why Tina wouldn't like it because the acting wasn't bad. I just felt like, okay, a crazy babysitter. You know, today, I guess we would find it very strange in that regard because we have so many other options for screening people than people did then, you know? You know, because, you know, and then it, I think she played in now, I'll retake back what I said, because the babysitter was also, she played into some of the tropes of being innocent, the the look, the vibe, her nature, her warmth made her that much of a threat, which is pretty cool for evil. So but it was yeah. kind of weird. She wanted to be that mother. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it, it was weird, but the weird kind of made it a good storyline. Um Again, yeah, I agree. It wasn't horror. Thriller, definitely. Horror, not so much. Creepy, absolutely. Somebody wanted to come in and take the place of an existing mother. Yeah, Basically, like, she wanted to, to eliminate the mother and just take over as the mother of the baby that was born and, and be with the husband and, and all that. So, yeah, definitely creepy. Creative storyline, though. But, but there was a part of I think she tried to breastfeed the kid. I don't remember. I saw I the movie. I, was, I, I, I don't know. It was so long ago, but I think there was a moment where she was trying to, like, she was holding a baby and was trying to... <laughs> it was like, what are you guys Like, I think she did. Wait a minute. 
Now, I remember parts now. I think she did lose her kid. So at the time she lost her own kid, she found this other family where yeah. she could, like, move in on. Because right. I was wondering, like, how is she able to breastfeed this kid unless she just had a kid? It was just weird. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, this lady got her breast, her, 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 her tata in, her ba- in some other baby's mouth. It's like, what is <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be there. I, trying okay, to okay, so I saw the film. <laughs> I know I saw the film, but it was so long ago that I don't, I don't remember the details of it. I know the general idea of it. I don't remember the details. Oh, the team. Look at this. Tim asks, I love the movie The Manchurian Candidate. What a great movie. Angela Lansbury played an evil mother. Did you see this movie? I believe I saw the one, Tim, with Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, there was a remake with Denzel Washington. I did see that one. I do not, and I know it was a remake. I do not believe I saw the original. I did like the remake. Um, Angela Lansbury, very underrated, by the way, because I really enjoyed Murder, She Wrote. Loved it. Loved Murder, She Wrote. And by the way, for those of you listening, here's a fun fact. Many years ago, I'm talking about many years ago. Let's go maybe ah, more than 20 years ago. Let's go 25 years ago. Universal Studios in Orlando, had a soundstage where you would go and you would they would pick members from the audience to voice over certain scenes and one of the mm-hmm. scenes was from murder she wrote where she mm. finds like lansbury finds like a black pearl or something like that so they don't have that anymore they started to turn that stage into something else but i just thought it was a cool kickback to it but uh what about you billy did you see the mancurian candidate Manchurian candidate sorry i did and i, I remember angela lansbury's role um, she was ex- very evil. I think, though, what made her more evil by watching her there is because of her iconic rep- um, portrayal in Murder, She Wrote. People saw her as the sleuth, the detective, you know, mm-hmm. creating and, you know, it was such a good show. I enjoyed it. I even had the board game, by the way. It was a board game by Milton oh, wow. I wish I, I wish I could find it. I got to call my grandmother and ask if it's at her house. I want it. But back to the storyline here. I think because of the fact that she was already iconically um, reintroduced in society through that show, that, that storyline, it just made her, it reinforced the evil that she's like, no, not our Angela. Angela's supposed to be finding a murderer, not creating one, you know? So, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I thought it was a great, I could see why Tim, um, Tim, great movie, by the way. I think it was a cool movie. I have a question here for you from Regina. Regina says, or asks, rather, the mother in the witch is an evil mother. She takes our, she takes her baby's disappearance out on her daughter. That's strange, or a bad movie plot. Mm. Mm. What's your take on this? Mm. So it's interesting because I love the witch Regina, and I feel like it had, it played off of some of the other natural elements of more of the classical horror that we appreciate. That may be the um, the Hitchcock like that plays off of the idea of creep show sounds, nature, all these things that creep people out. I do feel that when the baby was removed or disappeared, I didn't want anything to happen to babies. We talked about this before: children getting hurt in scary movies. You know, now they're getting slaughtered. You see what the clown does in it. So it's right. it's different today. So children are no they're they're not spared. <laughs> Nobody's spared now in horror. And I think that is pretty interesting. I don't think it's strange. I think it just reinforced the madness that the mother and the evil that she projected onto those who were around her. 
So it, it, it's in a weird way, it kind of justified it. It's, it's, yeah. so I am okay with it. I don't know about you, Richie, um, um, Nadim, how do you feel? Do you feel it was just, like, do you feel it was needed into the plot? I, I think it's realistic. I yeah. think this situation is like had that happen like that. So I felt it added a realism to, to the way. Well, the the, the witch actually felt kind of real as it was it did. Uh, for the majority of the movie. It did. And to be honest with you, Regina, it's kind of hard for me because I really like that movie. I thought the movie, right. I thought the plot itself was pretty good. Um, I don't. Let me put it to you this way, though, Regina. I do not feel that that portion of the storyline took away from the general plot of the film. Yes. Could it have yes. gone without it? Absolutely. Um, but I don't think it took away from the film. Because then it was one less, I mean, I know this is wrong, but then she had one less being to have to worry about. But right. then that's the worst of all. You don't know where the kid is. So it's like, who took the child, right? Child can't right. defend itself. And also, because it's the witch and there's the whole thing about, you know, the supernatural, the satanic and the demonic, is the child being used for a sacrifice? You know, like, <laughs> it starts reinforcing these other aspects where it's like, okay, are we, where are we going here? But I think the fact that you just never know, it's like realism, like Nadine said, how many parents have their children go missing and they never, they take that to their graves, never knowing what happened to their child or the answers to. So very haunting. Hey, Nadine, I got one for you. Carlos says mothers are supposed to be caring, caring, not caring, they're caring, nurturing humans, but some people aren't meant to be mothers. Do you think that's the next step for horror movies and books to play this idea up? Carlos, I agree with you. Some people are not meant to be mothers because some people are mothers in real life and they're not great. Um, They're quite the opposite. Would that be the next step up in horror movies? Maybe. I mean, I would think that if we already have evil mothers in a horror film, we're like, okay, they probably shouldn't have been a mother to begin with. Because hmm. they were so evil to their child. So that, that's where I'm going with that, kind of like full circle. Like, if they're an evil mother, then they shouldn't have been, had a child to begin with anyway. What do you think, Billy? Yeah, I, I agree. I feel, too, though. Don't know if – well, if that if, – if they're not meant to – I'm trying to figure out. Like, I love the question. The question is – Carlos, the question is so rich that it's making us think. And as good as we are on our toes, I don't, I don't know if that's the next step. So I'm, I'm giving a very skeletal answer here. I don't know if that's the next step yet because that's already what we already get from the mothers that are portrayed now that are evil. So in order for us to get to that next step, I think we have to understand you can't be a mother without the a human, a female version of a human loving for having love for something. The moment that's removed, or at least she intentionally blocks those kinds of emotions, that makes her evil. And I think if we just bring it back to the foundation of love and how between love, there's a thin line between love and hate, and we can go there for a moment, I think that could be the new direction of horror because it gives us to the most primitive form of the foundation of the emotion. And if we can get to the origin of the emotion, then we can get to the origin of everything else that defines or represents or plays out with that emotion. So I'm always, I, I don't know. It's, it's a good question that I'd love to have, like even contemplate as I'm writing, honestly, Carlos. And, and, and Nadim as well, as we're creating characters in our storyline, something to think about as we're going forward. Yeah. Roger has a question and a statement. Roger says, thank you for coming back with cool shows. Oh, that's great. Learned about you all on the Slasher app. You can thank Billy for that. How do you come up with these cool topics? Um, hmm. Billy comes up with Ro- cool topics. 
But uh, we camaraderie. What we do, we sit, <laughs> we sit in a room, and we have a cauldron, and what we do is we take out these different tops. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so what we do, they just happen, you know. Nadim and I all the time throughout our day, we could be doing all kinds of things. Nadim, we send each other a picture. We send something. I'm like, hey. Like Nadim mentioned to me the other day about doing something for Bigfoot. We got to bring that in this yeah. summer, sometime in 2022. Yeah. We got to figure that out. So we keep, you know, saying it. But if he's saying it, that means we got to do it because something's compelling him and his spirit to make it happen. And so when, and when we do that, our best moments, our best episodes are, are born. And so it yeah. really is going with the flow of, 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 of how we feel. And as well as what's, what's trending, we got to be honest, sometimes there's some yeah. things that are trending. It happens to have been Mother's Day, so we did this topic. So we're very strategic as well when we plan. But sometimes we go against the grain and we just go with the flow and it generates some cool stuff. So it's hard to illustrate in words the magic that we create here. And and I of course agree with with Billy. We we just bounce the ideas off of each other, and it's do you want to do this? Yeah, all right, let's do it. And and we always try to do something that has not already been done. We're trying to do. Yeah. We always try to incorporate That's... something different to it. We always do because you can listen to other podcasts of horror, and they're not going to have the same topics that we have. That is right. We, we we bounce those ideas off of each other. Uh, I don't know if we have time for one last question from Christine. We do. We about, do. Uh, the movie Precious had an evil mother in it. Monique did a great job playing Nasty. Do you agree? I know you spoke about it earlier yeah. in the show. We do. Chris, I thought it was superb. I think yeah. it was – yeah. it was. In, did I love the movie? No. <laughs> I mean, it's not one I'm like, oh, I got to go watch that again. Um, yeah. But I enjoyed the book more than the movie. I will say that. Yeah. One of the worst, uh, in reference to that, one, I remember reading a book many years ago, A Child Called It. And that was oh, yeah, yeah. talk about true evil. That was a true story. And it was, that mother was truly evil. I mean, she's somewhere now burning in hell, I'm sure. Uh, and well-deserved, by the way. And uh, But that was just, you know, that, that when you start talking about those abuse cases, I mean, that's, it's pretty horrific, to be honest. Well, folks, we want to thank you for listening to our episode tonight. Welcome back, my brother, Nadim. And, folks, it seems like we like these Thursdays, right, Nadim? We might have to yeah, really imagine this, you know, as we're going <laughs> forward, folks. So we promise to be back, and that means in the next two weeks we'll have an episode um, in celebration of Pan-Asian culture and awareness. We're going to be looking at Pan-Asian creatures. And so we'll be back for more. If you haven't done so already, go on and listen to our archive. Nadim always says it best. We have over 30 hours of content that you can go and check out. In addition to that, we are available on various platforms, such as Apple Podcasts. We're also on um, Google Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, and we're right here on Blog Talk. So go and check us out. Get that RSS feed feeding into your app and take a listen to all the great, exciting episodes of Fright Talk. Thank you so much for listening. And take care, Nadine. Good seeing you too. Good, Good having seeing you, back. you, brother. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you.